Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day, evening, weekend, whenever it is you might be sitting down and listening to this. Now, a few weeks back, I know that I I was pumping the tires. I was promoting it. IWS had scarred for life. You you heard Eric on the show talking about the show. You've heard Sexy Eddie on here before. Well, the show happened. It was a massive success. Now, joining me this week is one of IWS's own, Katrina Creed. Katrina, how are you doing? Hey, uh, I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm I'm doing not too bad. You know, it's, you know, Monday, so we're, we're going with yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, for all intents and purposes, A Scarred for Life was a massive success. I mean, the debut on Fight Plus, the venue was packed. The matches were incredible. I mean... You were a part of the show. How was it for you? Um, it was amazing. You know, um, like most IWS shows, the energy is is kind of unparalleled when it comes to the crowd. Um, and especially at Olympia, you know, it's such a huge venue and there's so many more people. Um, so it's just the energy is just amplified. So it's always amazing, mm-hmm. um, especially at Olympia. And yeah, we had such a great time. Um, the card was awesome. The matches were great. The ambiance was fantastic. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, you know, it was our debut on on, on Bright Plus, uh, which is really something, you know, especially for a Canadian promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was just amazing. Yeah. Uh, now, being a part of something like that, what does that mean to you? Because I mean, that's almost like history making in a way, because I mean, you don't see that every day, especially with Canadian promotions. Yeah, um, it's it's amazing honestly and sometimes you have to stop and really put things into perspective um when you go on your day-to-day life everything just becomes commonplace but sometimes i step back and i realize what's happening like so early in my career what i'm a part of how great it is how big it is especially for um a federation like iws and what they're doing you know we're Mm -hmm. on the fight network fight plus now um and it's like mind boggling, you know, mm-hmm. it's just incredible. Like I can't even believe I'm able to be part of something so big so soon. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm really like super, super thankful for the opportunities. For sure. Now, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I was a little disappointed when I tuned in, I was expecting to see you and Sam Kelly face oh. off. <laughs> that was a pre-show match. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was. So unfortunately, yeah, it didn't, it didn't make the cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who knows? We might have a rematch one day, uh, and maybe at that point it'll be on Fight Plus, so you can catch it. I'm hoping so. So I mean, <laughs> like, but I mean, I encourage anyone listening if you haven't watched it, go check out the card because, like, like we've said, it, it was fantastic. And I mean, you you've been wrestling for a few years now, and l- where did the love for wrestling all start? What what drew you to it? Yeah, so I, I mean, I think like most people, um, it started off when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I still remember for me, it was his ministry got me into wrestling. So I must have been about seven or eight at the time. Um, I'm into kind of darker stuff now, like I'm a metalhead. And mm-hmm. even as a kid, I was kind of attracted to that. So I saw The Undertaker and I'm like, whoa, what's that about, you know? Yeah. Um, so he kind of wrote me into it. And then 
I got exposed to everyone else and I was just a fan of so many people, but especially as a young girl, I love Lita and Team Extreme. That was really my thing. <laughs> um, you know, I guess that's most like alternative chicks that, uh, that are my age. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I just, I watched it religiously as a kid, like mm -hmm. every Monday night. I only got Raw. I never got the channel that had SmackDown. So, uh, but every Monday night, you know, um, like religiously, I, I was watching it. Um, and I guess, you know, as a kid, like I always wanted to be a wrestler and, you know, most parents are, you know, they tell you, oh, yeah, sure you do. And you'll get yeah. out of it and, and all that. Um, and, you know, in a way, I, I kind of did. You know, I'd always keep track of wrestling, but I wouldn't watch it as often. But I'd watch the pay-per-views. I'd tune in to, like, SmackDown or Raw here and there. Um, I always kind of kept tabs, you know, for the most mm -hmm. part. Um, and it wasn't until, um, like, yeah, a couple years back where the thing that really got me to, to try it out um, was this match between Jay White and Kenny Omega that just came up on my newsfeed because JR mm -hmm. was commentating on it in New Japan. Um, and I watched that match and I was like, wow, that was like fucking amazing. Yeah. I'm like, maybe, I don't know, maybe I should just give it a try and see if I like it, you know? And and I did. And after the first practice, I'm like, okay, I gotta, gotta do this. You know, mm -hmm. I, I fucking, this is great. It was like, it's kind of funny when you grow up, you know, like I was the same way, you know, watching WWF, WWE. And then, you know, as you get older and, you know, technology advances and you can start seeing like all these different promotions and wrestling from all over and something like Kenny Omega and Jay White. And that's the one that kind of spurs you to be like, hey, you know, like this would be kind of cool. It's nice how it like that's what kind of leads you to it. Yeah, you know, um, there's a whole wealth of wrestling out there um, and there's so many different um avenues for it to pretty much take place you know uh, like for me it was just my new feed on facebook it's just like mm -hmm. a random video where 20 years ago you know that would have never happened you wouldn't have been exposed to that type of talent those types of promotions the different types of wrestling so it's kind of crazy the era that we're at right now we have so much accessibility to all this incredible wrestling um so as a fan especially now with two big companies in the states um, it's a really great time to be a fan. And as a wrestler too, there's so many places to learn from, to mm -hmm. watch, you know, and take notes of what people are doing. And, and from my perspective, it seems like in a lot of places, things have improved so much more when it comes to the training aspects, the learning, and like people are, I don't want to say more willing to like, you know, teach and be open about things, but you do see, you know, you're seeing more seminars, you're seeing people, you know, in the ring beforehand learning and like taking in all this different knowledge. And it's just for the time being with wrestling, it's just an incredible place to be a part of it. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, and for me personally, like I'm very much someone that always needs to be intellectually like stimulated. Like I'm always looking to learn more uh, when it comes to wrestling or otherwise especially for something I'm really passionate about, like wrestling, I always want to learn. Like my greatest fear is just stagnating, you know, mm -hmm. I hate that. So um, it's so amazing to see that there's so many seminars and we're surrounded by people who are so hungry for it too. It, it kind of spurs you on too and you feed off each other and you always want to like grow together, outdo each other, support each other simultaneously. But it's this, this great, um, it's a great thing to be a part of really. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, let's let's talk about training where did you go for it and what was that like for you your overall general experience yeah so um i started it's weird because like um you did venture that I, i've been wrestling for a few years which is true trading wise um but i've actually 
when it comes to actual matches, it's been less than a year that I've been doing it. I think mm -hmm. career matches, I'm at like 30, 35, something like that. Um, however, I did start training before the pandemic. Um, I started training at IWS and um, my coaches at the time were Shane Hawk, who's still my coach now, um, as well as Matt Lee, Matt Martell, who's currently part of Asian Society. Daddy Magic is that <laughs> uh, before he got signed to WWE. So that was, uh, he was one of my formative coaches that definitely left an impression on me. Um, and eventually um, there was another guy, Black Eagle, who is uh, more of a vet around here. Um, and we also were lucky enough to get Speedball Mike Bailey as our trainer as well, um, which, you know, I couldn't have lucked out better because Speedball is one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Oh, yeah. And here he was just teaching me like every week. It was yeah. it was insane. And the, the knowledge that he shared with us uh, just unparalleled, you know. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So I started training before the pandemic. I had a couple of matches right before the pandemic. Uh, and then obviously the pandemic happened. Everything came to a standstill. After about a year, I, you know, nothing was going on. So I was like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I'll just like move on with my life. And, you know, health is important and blah, blah, blah. And, and then he, um, a show to support my boyfriend, Matt Viviani. Um, he was actually wrestling uh, 2.0 at Olympia for IWS. Mm -hmm. 2.0 being uh, uh, Jeff, my old trainer, Matt Lee, Daddy Magic. Um, um, and I was like, yeah, I definitely need to be doing this. So I started training again in 2022 and I just started doing matches again. So, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say like the, the background of the screen right now, the Saturday night's main event flag. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I know that looked familiar. And I was like, yeah, I think yeah. I saw it on Quizplex last week. So. Oh, really? oh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. This is kind of like our podcast room um, mm -hmm. pretty much where you have to do interviews or if Quizplex or whatever it is, we'll usually come in here. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, it looks familiar, but I'm like, I'll wait just in case, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Not same place. We just literally sit on the bench of our bench press. Like that's yeah. what we sit on. So, yep. <laughs> you had mentioned like always trying to like, you know, you don't want to remain stagnant, you know, like being, you mm -hmm. know, emotionally stimulated, you know, mentally stimulated during the pandemic. I mean, you, I mean, you're starting off training, getting a few matches in. What did you do to keep your mind busy during all of that when it comes to wrestling? Oh, yeah, that was rough. So I think, well, first when the pandemic hit, um, honestly, me and Matt just got pretty drunk because <laughs> um, especially like we were both so busy. Um, and me personally, it's like I was I was working, I was going to school, I was wrestling, training, like I was doing like 60, 80 hour weeks for like a long time. Right. <laughs> so when the pandemic finally hit, I was really bummed out because I'm like, oh, no, I have these bookings. And but then I'm like, oh, but I guess it will be cool to decompress for two weeks, right? That's yeah. what we thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right. Like, I, I wasn't drinking too much because I just, I didn't have time to be hung over it and all that shit. So I was like, fuck it, let's get drunk. So we just, you know, we started drinking and we were watching a bunch of wrestling and gaming and stuff. It was, um, it was pretty haggard, honestly. Uh, and that <laughs> obviously continued for months because, you know, you started a pattern thinking you, it would be two weeks and it just continued. So that was kind of what we were doing for the first few months and watching a lot of wrestling, um, yeah. honestly. Um, we were attending some like webinars. Um, like if I remember correctly, there was one that was given by Mike Quackenbush. Uh, I forgot to mention, I did train at, at Chikara under Mike Quackenbush and Ophidian too for about a month. Um, 
But anyway, he time, I think there was one by Gabe Sapolsky, who's currently um, a WWE like talent scout. Yeah. Um, so we were, you know, like doing those. Uh, we would <laughs> speedball at some point because that was when he was our trainer. He organized. Uh, he's he was so great, you know. He really tried to be proactive during such a shit time, but he organized these little um our training times he or group chats where we'd get together and we'd watch matches and we would like deconstruct them and we would analyze them and and stuff like that so we did that for a while too um yeah we were pretty much doing that until eventually um the restrictions eased up we were able to do drills but not together so we did like cardio drills just separate from each other we mm -hmm. talked about promos psychology and all of that and then that kept going back and forth. We could do it, we couldn't. And, you know, so that's pretty much what we were doing at that point. A bit of a blur, again, the booze. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think that was the gist of it, yeah. It's a trip to, like, look back at three years ago and think, like, there was very little wrestling going on. You had, you know, yeah. just the, the major promotions who were running with no fans there. And then yeah. slowly it'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, an, an indie show is running an event. And then it just sort of snowballed from there. It took, like, a couple to do it. And then it just went, like, full bore. Yeah, no, that's it. Um, it's it's kind of, it almost feels like a different life or, like, a different dimension, you know? Like, mm -hmm. it just doesn't feel... It's, I feel like ever since the pandemic happened, time has been very strange for myself and everyone I talk to. Mm -hmm. It's like so long ago, but at the same time, not. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's strange. It was definitely yeah. a weird time. Uh, but I'm so glad that eventually things started picking up again with promotions. Um, and now it seems like COVID just doesn't exist anymore. I don't know what happened to it. And no one talks about like getting it or nothing. So I'm just so happy things are in full swing again. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. I have to ask, because I mean, when I, I was looking up Katrina Creta, you know, I'm doing my research, you know, good old cage match doesn't have a lot. Um, but yeah, when I yeah. when I checked out Instagram, I found out you used to do Muay Thai. Yeah, so I still do. Um, okay. I, actually, I actually started doing that when I stopped wrestling. So um, around 2021, I guess, uh, that was around the time where things still weren't opening up and I still liked combat sports. I love the aggression and the physicality of wrestling. So I was mm -hmm. like, maybe I'll do something that's a bit more friendly on my body. Um, because Muay Thai and kickboxing that I do, it's, it's just with like a standing bob or a punching bag. Yeah. I did some sparring sessions, uh, but like training sessions, but that was it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was kind of an interim. Um, and now I still continue doing it uh, when I started wrestling again, because the cardio is, freaking insane honestly um which works out perfectly for wrestling matches so yeah for sure well that answers my next question i was going to ask about the benefits of the mutai heading back into training so i mean there we go yeah yeah that's it um i think it definitely i think my strikes were always good um but i think just doing muay thai kind of took him to the next level i always get comments on my strikes and how brutal they look i'm always safe so i'm not actually hurting the person of course that's the most that's the biggest priority is, is my opponent's safety mm -hmm. um but muay thai definitely helps uh refine mm -hmm. that for sure and i mean even like some of the influence that's noticeable in your wrestling style i mean even with the punches and stuff like that i mean i was watching a couple matches earlier and you can notice there's something different about your style compared to just you know a basic wrestling punch you know there's just a little bit more i don't want to say realism but you, you mm -hmm. notice that it's different 
Oh, that well, thanks. I actually didn't notice that, but I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. no. And I was watching. I was just like, okay, you know, like you just you see. To me, it just looked a little different than you know just the standard punch. You know, when you're going in right. there, you're cocking the arm back, like for those, you know, the jumping punch almost. It's like okay, you know, like you notice it, but yeah, oh, little thank things. You. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now, I mean, when you started, you were a manager, correct? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was managing my boyfriend uh, okay. who was going under the gimmick name of Fernando de la Cruz. So it was this really cheesy gimmick uh, where he was like this Latin lover, scummy dude, because uh, he's pretty much a career heel up until yeah. now. Uh, so he always like had a rose in his hand and all that. And as his valet, because he was a heel, he would usually treat me like shit. And I... <laughs> Session and like interfered in his matches. Um, and then and sometimes it was great. And if he didn't, he would blame me and be all shitty. Uh, we yeah. actually kind of planned this thing where eventually, when I broke off and became a wrestler, we were gonna have like a match, him and I. And eventually, I'd get the over um, and all of that. It's like all, I'd get my comeuppance, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the pandemic happened and kind of put a stop to that. But yeah, that's that's kind of how I, I, I started. And, um, yeah, you know, just being around wrestlers and looking at how they plan matches and understanding the psychology of things. Um, I I think I have pretty, pretty good part, not perfect, but for the most part when it comes to planning matches and, and structuring matches. And I can attribute a lot of that to being a valet and just being present when people were planning matches and knowing mm -hmm. when I had to come in, why I had to come in, why you're here at that point um and how that added to the story that they were trying to tell um i'm really really lucky looking back on it um that I, I i had my boyfriend especially to do that with because he is really really good when it comes to uh, ring psychology and structuring matches he has a really like one of i'm not even just saying that because my boyfriend like i i i wouldn't if he was just a friend he he really has friends when it comes to ring psychology how to do all of that um and i just learned by observing and i, I mm -hmm. integrated that and i feel like it helped me a lot and i just didn't realize that it really helped me a lot with my wrestling for sure i know like it's one of those things where like you can't pull back the curtain too much but i know from experience like being around shows before they get started and hearing just being hearing the wrestlers talk different perspectives about the match at hand just what to do where and why i mean it's very eye-opening even as a fan you pick up on more things that you wouldn't normally think of and it you know some things almost make more sense in that regards so for sure yeah i know for sure absolutely no that's a great take for sure mm -hmm. um now i mean i want to ask about your first match and i mean since the pandemic kind of like broke up the career a little bit i mean your first match before the pandemic and afterwards i'm sure there was a big difference just in yourself your ring awareness your training so i mean let's let's talk about your first one pre-pandemic who was it with your feelings going into it all of that sort of things yeah, my first first match um, was actually so awful, uh, wrong in the match. But I think it was just the like the fans fully got what happened. Essentially, uh, to give context, um, first of all, my opponent is an amazing talent here. Uh, it's it's um, a wrestler named Flying Frank Milano, um, and he's excellent. You guys should have 
definitely check him out. Um, he's really an amazing talent here. And essentially, there was a storyline going. It was actually a really great storyline between um, him and uh, my boyfriend, Fernando de la Cruz. Uh, it was this huge storyline where pretty much we kept fucking like Frank Milano over. He kept trying to win the title. We kept doing crazy nonsense. And that match was supposed to be um, Milano against Fernando de la Cruz for the title. Essentially, what happened is um, during that week, Matt got called to do extra work for NXT. So he couldn't do the booking. And he filmed this promo saying like, Oh, like, screw you, Frank Milano. I'm not going to do the match. I'm going to send Amita instead, right? But I don't think mm -hmm. people got it uh, because it was in English and it's primarily a French crowd. So maybe they didn't really understand. So then I showed up and people were just like, what the hell? Uh, honestly, I don't think anyone gave a shit. <laughs> like, seriously, no one gave a <laughs> shit. Um, like, it was so quiet. It was so awkward. Um, I was doing... Um, really kind of more face moves even though i was a heel because that's the stuff i was comfortable with which mm -hmm. didn't make sense in in the context of the match yeah. um and wanted to cheer because it's cool but they hate they really hated me like we got nuclear heat so it was just this it was weird it was just silent the whole time um and people were yelling slurs at me like insults at me um and all of that. So it, it just, it sucked. Honestly, it was awful. So that was like my first match, um, which deterred me a bummer. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I was like, fuck it. There's going to be, and there were. So that's totally different from my first match when I came back. At this point, it was a clean break. It was my own gimmick entirely. Um, and my first actual match back was at IWS. At freedom to fight in October of 2022. I oh, was wow. I was paired up. Yeah, I was paired up with uh, Melanie Havoc, uh, who's the current uh, women's champion at IWS, and we were the heels, of course. And um, <laughs> we were against um, Cristara, who's an incredible talent here that you guys should definitely keep an eye on, and Danny Leo, who's also uh, someone I train with, um, who's doing really well too. Um, and it was great. The energy was awesome. Um, I think the match was everything it needed to be. The crowd was really into it. Um, it was fantastic. I had a great time. So they booed <laughs> me when they had to. I was a heel. Um, it was it was really fun, and it was really fun working with them because I trade with them at the dojo all the time. So mm -hmm. it felt really nice to be able to do that with them. I think like just the way you've described both, and I mean, you know, like from your first match to like pre-pandemic, your first match post-pandemic, and it's like you see how much you've been able to grow and take in and learn and just like how much, I don't want to say prepared, but like that when that time came for that match afterwards, it was like you were ready for it all. And I think that's, that's really like an incredible thing, you know? Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, I've been having this energy just waiting to go for like, I guess years. Like if you think about it, so now that I'm finally doing it, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can, you know, and I'm, I'm having, yeah. I pretty good matches and I'm having just a fantastic time. Like I'm, I'm over the moon about it, honestly. And it seems like the past, you know, few months, you've really been able to get out there more, doing a little bit more traveling, working for other promotions, like really getting your name out there. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Like I wasn't expecting it to happen so fast so soon. Um, things really started picking up in March of this year. And mm -hmm. honestly, I think I've been booked every weekend. Um, I think there's maybe been three weekends since the beginning of March where I haven't been booked, about about three. Uh, sometimes I'm booked twice a weekend, you know? 
um, so stop. I'm like going to Ontario, uh, Quebec. I, I actually have a booking eventually coming up now in the States in a couple of months too. Nice. Um, I did, I got recruited to do a like extra work for AEW, which was crazy, you know, um, through Matt Lee, Matt Martell, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I just got my license not long ago. So I'm just driving everywhere. It's like pretty <laughs> nuts, honestly. I don't know what the hell is going on, but uh, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, congratulations on the license thing. I mean, that Thank there you. is like that's huge, you know. Um, <laughs> like when you look back at your you know, the first half of 2023, I mean, that's pretty incredible. Like, I mean, like you said, it's something you weren't really expecting, but like as a whole, you have to be pretty pretty happy with the first half of this year. Yeah, I'm honestly super super happy. Like, I just. Yeah, like I, I'm just so grateful and I'm just so happy that, you know, promoters have enough trust in me um, to take a chance in the first place and then to keep asking me to come back when they do. Um, it really it really means a lot to me, you know, that, that they're willing to do that um, and that they have that trust in me. And, and just to be able to go out and do that every weekend and to live my dream for a day or two, depending, um, and just the camaraderie and everything and to meet all these great people, it's it's fantastic. You know, like I, I can't ask for anymore. Uh, when you look at the first half, I mean, a great first half now to finish off 2023. I mean, what is the optimum second half of 2023 for Katrina Creed? Like, do you have any expectations or, you know, things that you hope to accomplish within the rest of the year? Yeah. Um, you know, so like I, when when I did one of my first bookings, like at the beginning of March, um, there's this guy that wrestles for IWS. He's one of the tag team champions now, Alex Mays. He's also a coach at the dojo. And I, so I, I rode up with him to a show. We were working each other. And um, he kind of told me, he's like, you know, you should have um, you should have like small goals, like yearly goals that you want to accomplish, like little realistic things. Right. And so I thought about that for a while. And I'm like, OK, like I personally really want to expand like westward into Ontario, uh, but especially like southward into the States, uh, mm-hmm. because I've heard that there's a lot of scouts there in the States, especially, especially in the Northeast um, and like around Cali and all of that. So I'm like, okay, I think that's what I want to do by the end of the year is I want one American booking, mm-hmm. um, which I got, you know, so I, I'm really, that was my goal. <laughs> um, so I'm already pretty happy about that. Um, I, I guess for a first year, I, I wasn't really expecting much more than that. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that I, I got recruited to AEW's like extra work was uh, like uh, pretty insane. I, I just, I get, I mean, I don't even know what to say about that. That's like super amazing. I'm just happy to get an American booking. Never mind that. So I've already kind of met the the goal of this year. <laughs> <laughs> doing that extra work i mean uh, what was that experience like for you i mean i'm I'm sure it's just you walk in there and just eyes wide take trying to take everything in but i mean anything yeah. else you could add to something like that um no i mean it, it was pretty much that i was just trying not to mark out um <laughs> i was just, like seriously it was like pretty hard um all these people are there you want to go talk to them but you got to, you know respect you know your distances and let them do their thing so you're like pretending to be cool but like internally you're like holy shit this is fucking crazy you know (laughs) what i mean (laughs) so that was pretty much the whole experience i'm not gonna lie for two days um it was just that um i i didn't end up getting used i was backstage but i didn't care this is my first year i got asked to be there i'm like Mm -hmm. eating catering and talking to these people like and meeting these, these stars i was so happy and 
over the moon. I, I just, yeah, I was on cloud nine, honestly, for two days. I mean, when you've already, I mean, you did the extra work, you know, recently for them. And then I know AEW announced they're heading back to, they're heading to Montreal in December. So, I mean, when you, yeah. when you look at what they've been doing, there's no dark, dark elevation anymore, but you're seeing a lot of the local wrestlers getting opportunities on Ring of Honor, you know, or Rampage. So, I mean, after already yeah. kind of doing this, you know, like, okay, they're going to be in my backyard now. It kind of gets the wheels turning a little bit. And it's like almost a, a, a side yeah. goal to work for without like throwing it out there. For sure. Like a hundred percent. Definitely. Uh, when I heard that, I was like, fuck yeah. Um, so of course I would, I would love to work a match, you know, and that's, mm -hmm. that's definitely the hope. Um, I don't want to get my hopes up. You never know what happens. Right. Mm -hmm. but I, I really hope that they take me on as an extra again. And if they do, I really hope I could work a match because that would just be, I, I, I can't even, I don't even have words for something like that. Um, yeah. But that is a definite hope. <laughs> um, now, I mean, I, I have to ask, uh, like, you've had some incredible trainers. I mean, uh, a, a great influence with Matt, uh, you know, helping out along the way. But, like, for yourself, who else has really been a positive influence on your wrestling career to help you get to this place? Huh. Outside of my coaches and I guess yeah. Matt. Hmm. Honestly, um, I'd say some of the people that I train with, you know, like I feel I feel like we all kind of try to look out for each other. If we hear of a booking or whatever, um, we let each other know, especially the girls. Um, like we'll always, you know, if, if say for example, we're like working for a promotion and you know, the promoter's like, hey, I'm looking maybe for another girl for like another match or whatever. Do you know of someone? Uh, we'll mention it to each other or we'll try to get each other on shows. You know what I mean? Even if the promoter's not asking, we're always trying to get each other on shows. Um, Christara especially has been really super nice about that. Mm -hmm. um, and she's like giving me heads up when it comes to um, shows or promotions. She knows that they're like, they're going to come up with an event soon. She'll give me a heads up and be like, oh, message this person or, oh, I told this promoter about you, you know? So she's mm -hmm. been really excellent about that and I, I really try to do the same when I can for her and everyone else too yeah it's uh, I, I think it's one of the sayings I use the uh use the most where it's like rising tides raise all ships and it's like mm -hmm. it is so very true when it comes to wrestling whether it's doing content stuff whether it's being a professional wrestler I mean you know surround yourself with people who want to elevate you and help each other out mm -hmm. you know Exactly. And it's such a, it's such an inspiring atmosphere to be a part of, you know what I mean? Especially when you're there for each other and you guys, it's, it's this weird thing. It's like you're there to support each other, there for each other and try to get each other bookings. But when someone's doing better, you're like, oh, I want to do better too. And there's this like kind of friendly competition as well, you know, mm -hmm. while looking out for each other, but it's really fun. Now, by the time this airs, it'll be, you know, about a month ago, roughly three weeks, we'll say. Um, I mean, July 22nd, you took part in a no ring show. I mean, I think that was a yeah. first for you. And we talked a little bit about it off air, but like, what yeah. are your thoughts heading into something like this? Uh, I really didn't know what to think when it was first announced. Um, it was something that Andrew, Andrew's like uh, the coach at IWS, and he's also the, uh, the booker as well for IWS. So he had mentioned something about it, but then we didn't hear anything about that date. So we're like, is it still happening or not? And then like the week before, pretty much after Scarred for Life, it was pretty much announced, right? Um, and it filled up pretty well considering. Um, it filled up pretty well. There were quite a few people. 
the energy was crazy. Like the crowd sounded like there were hundreds of people in there. It was nuts. Mm -hmm. um, and I also didn't really know what to think going into this. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but like Speedball, sometimes when he comes back to town, he has this thing called Friday Night Speedball. He pretty much does like a Twitch live stream and there's like mats on there. And we pretty much just do ridiculous shit. Um, but it's mostly like mat wrestling and rolls and stuff like that because it sucks to bump on that. Like it really sucks. Mm -hmm. So I kind of thought maybe it'd be something like that. Um, but obviously a bit more intense because it's IWS. But when I started talking more about the matches or whatever and piecing it together, I'm like, okay, this is this is going to be a hard core match. Yeah. I wasn't expecting at all. Um, and it's not really something I typically do. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was pretty fucking crazy, honestly. <laughs> uh, we were hitting each other with chairs. I got beer spilled on me, like... Um, I got hit with a fucking skateboard, which fucking honestly hurt way more than I thought it would. Oh, um, the, yeah, the first hitman stung so bad. I was like, holy shit, man. I do not want her to hit me with the second one. Second one was a bit better, but it wasn't. Uh, it sucked, honestly. Yeah, uh, yeah and uh, by the end of it, I, I pretty much powerbombed her through like two chairs and a skateboard. Um, that was leveled there, and it was fucking insane. Um, yeah, so I finished her off with that. I could send you clips for that. It was pretty crazy, man. The the crowd was so reactive. I was just feeding off the energy from the crowd. Mm -hmm. I had, like I mentioned to you, way more fun than I should have. Honestly, it was amazing. Like, leading into something this, like, what sort of, like, preparation are you doing differently, whether it's, like, mentally? Because, I mean, it's a complete different aspect or outlook than, like, stepping into a ring, you know, like, with fans just sitting there, like, a no-ring show. They are, like, right next to you. Yeah. Um. So we definitely knew going in that we had to lay in our strikes, which I'm all good for. I, I normally do that anyway, but I'm like, okay, maybe I'll be a bit more snug this time. And, uh, you know, I was just saying, man, lay him in on me, you know, especially now. And now is the fucking time. Do it. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I honestly didn't prepare for this any differently. I knew it was going to be crazy. Um, I guess it was more of a mental thing where I was prepping for it. And I'm like, yep, I guess it's something where it's like you just don't really know how to, how to prep for it. It's like you'll see when you get there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um it was actually pretty exciting, though, like as we were going over the match and everything, we were feeding off each other's ideas and we were thinking about using the environment a lot. And I started actually getting more and more excited about it the more we, mm -hmm. we planned it. But yeah. And I mean, the the overall reaction from it was a fairly positive one, I'm guessing. I mean, it seems like everyone yeah. enjoyed themselves. Yeah, yeah, it was really great. Like we got so many uh, compliments on it. Everyone Everyone really, really loved it. Um, it was my first time as, at a, as a face at IWS too. I'm usually booked as a heel because, you know, I'm the alternative chick and I guess I look evil. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, I don't know. but um, yeah, so it was my first time as a face and uh, it was just great. You know, I, I just had a fantastic time and I got so many compliments. Um, it felt really awesome. Now, I mean, training, wrestling, I mean, you're, you're back into it full bore of October last year. Now, we've talked about a few matches, moments you've been a part of, but are there any other ones that really stand out to you, stuff that you're really proud of so far? Yeah, like outside of matches? Outside of ones we've talked about so far. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I don't know. Like, I, I guess just touching on the last match that I had, like, um, on Saturday, I, I, I just really love that for different reasons. But outside of that, um, huh, I, I just, there's certain matches that I had that I, because I'm really self-critical. I'm really hard on myself. I hate watching my matches back. But I know I have to do it to learn, right? To learn mm -hmm. what I'm doing wrong and what I need to do better. Um, so there have been some matches where when I watched it afterwards, I saw an improvement that made me really happy, either in how I was interacting with the crowd, um, just how I was working in general, or I felt it during the match and I knew this was an improvement. Mm -hmm. uh, or I was really proud of what we did, you know, afterwards. So three matches so far that I'm really happy about um, for different reasons was um, one that I had with Danny Leo uh, at Chinlock Wrestling in May. Okay. Um, you can find that on YouTube if you guys want to check it out. I just felt like I really improved when it came to like just a general worker, my heel work, interacting with the crowd. I just felt like I felt more comfortable. Um, and I felt like it showed. I, I was really happy looking back on that match, which doesn't happen with me. I usually like hate, like I don't like it. I think it was the first match I watched of myself where I didn't hate it. And I was like, wow, I actually really like that. And I'm proud mm -hmm. of it. Sorry, you might hear my cat. Poor girl. She's trying to come in here. <laughs> um, yeah. um, a second one that I did was with Jessica Black at XEW. Um, this was also, a, you can find it on YouTube. I think it was in April. I was really proud of that match because we came up with a really intense um, finishing sequence, which I, and we kind of finished it up like, close to when we were about to go out. So I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm going to remember all that. And it's kind of complicated. And there's a lot packed in the end and I'm just starting. So like, what the fuck? Um, but we did it and we had enough time to sell everything and make everything count. And it wasn't rushed. Um, and it, 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 there was match, you know? Um, so I was really, after the match was done, I was really happy that we did it. And I was able to do that. I didn't think I was able to. And I was so mm -hmm. happy when we did. Um, and another one that I... I know that I don't think you could find online was with Kristara, who's probably my favorite opponent. Honestly, I feel like we have great chemistry. Mm -hmm. uh, we think about things the same way and we build off each other really well. Um, so all of my matches with her, I really like, but um, the one that we think was our best so far was at a claim uh, that happened in June. Okay. Um, yeah, it was just, I wish it was online because I feel like it was a really good match. Um, and yeah, it's just, I felt like we have good matches and we both felt like that was the best one. And, we felt like we both evolved um, as wrestlers during that time. So, yeah, th those are the three off the top of my head. I I'm very thankful to any independent promotion that puts their matches up on YouTube. It's mm -hmm. a great tool for the wrestlers, for the promotions, just to get their product, get the wrestlers out there. Because, I mean, for myself mm -hmm. to go and, you know, do some research, I'm going to use YouTube. That's what I'm going to look at. So, like, when I was able to yeah, search exactly. you, it's like, hey, here's a whole bunch of matches perfect you know like that's what i love exactly. from independent wrestling <laughs> for sure, um, for sure. Uh, now i want to ask because i mean you see like iws constantly you're seeing two three women's matches on the shows montreal has like the women's roster there for the iws is absolutely stacked you could put that against any other promotion in canada and oh. you know match up without a problem you see something like that the the talent that's coming through the wrestlers that are being developed through iws do you ever foresee 
a all women's promotion? Is that something that you think would be very successful out there? Because I think in this day and age, you're seeing it more and more. And I think Canada is almost thirsty for something like that. Like to have that sort of outlet for, for wrestling would be uh, like, it'd be a big deal. For sure. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a really great idea. And as you were mentioning, it's just, well, first of all, thank you. <laughs> I think that's such a huge compliment, you know, um, that really means a lot. You know, we really, we really work hard and show up every week at training and, and matches and everything to do the best we can. So it means a lot when people uh, see that, which we, we didn't even see that, um, you know, until like Shane Hawk kind of tweeted that, which we were like floored by, but it means a lot. So thank you first off. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, like, I think that that could be great. We actually do have a promotion. Um, well, it's a show called Femme Fatale that runs yes. here. Um, and it's, it's, um, it's pretty much an extension of NSPW, which is kind of the other big, uh, Quebec promotion here. Um, so there's this guy named Michel Bissell who, um, runs Femme Fatale. And so a couple times a year, he'll have talent, like mostly Quebec talent, Rio talent coming in, uh, for that. And it's kind of, um, yeah, you know, it helps to give people exposure. Uh, sometimes they bring international talent, so that's always really exciting. You know, the girls there can work international talent, um, have these great matches with them, maybe make connections, and that's always super exciting. Uh, so there's that. But to have something continuous, I think that would be really great because, yeah, you know, we do have a lot of talented girls here now. Um, I actually did an interview, like, last week, and it, it was kind of the focus was on women's wrestling, and we were talking about how different the landscape is in indie wrestling when it comes to women's wrestling, even just from a few years ago, like four or mm-hmm. five years ago, it's different, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's a terrible idea. And people are, are more open to it than they were back then, and they appreciate it more, too, you know? So mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty fun about it, too. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing now, I mean, you know, you see it with, like, I know IWS, you will see two, three matches, you know, involving women wrestlers. You'll see uh, NEW or Love Pro Wrestling. You're seeing, you know, three matches with incredibly talented women wrestlers, and it's incredible to show that there are, like, I always look at it this way, you know, like, I have a daughter. I take her to a wrestling show, and she tunes in when the women wrestlers are there. So it's, like, getting a new generation of fans into wrestling almost so that's a exactly. very important and often overlooked for sure exactly and just like that too you know it's it's that's like another really important thing is that a lot of like younger girls are looking at us like as role models like i did with lita or like you know so it's really i think important to have girls that are strong and that show that confidence and show that they can hold their own you know and that we're strong mm-hmm. too because you never know who's looking you never know who's maybe looking up to us and integrating that and how that might affect their perspective on life, you know? So I think it's really important to to be able to have strong women out there who mm-hmm. potentially a positive influence on future generations for sure. Okay. I've got one more for you. Then I'll let you go. Enjoy your Monday evening. <laughs> um, I like to ask everyone for a match recommendation. So one that mm. you're a fan of, whether it's, you know, you watched it growing up, you know, maybe two weeks ago because it seems like there's banger matches every week, but mm-hmm. like one yeah. that you think the listeners should go check out that you are a fan of. Gosh, I mean, there's so many. Um, more recently, and I think just to keep with the theme of, of the last question, I mean, that match between Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair mm-hmm. most recently at WrestleMania where people were saying, you know, it was like the best match or one of the best matches of the show. Some were calling it the best match of the night. Um, 
I, I just, I think it's amazing that women can have that caliber of match. It's not even like, oh, it's, it's good for women's wrestling. No, it was just a fucking good match, yeah. you know? And, and they're just like, there are two wrestlers that I feel like could be in discussion of some of the best of all time. And it's not even just some of the best of all time as women's wrestlers. Like they're, they're fucking amazing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's irrespective of their gender. They're just that good. Um, yep. pers personally, I love Rhea Ripley. I think she is incredible. I, I wish I was her. Honestly, she's just <laughs> like the way she does everything in the ring, like how strong she is, her cells, like everything about her is so awesome, you know? Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're able to get this stage and they're able to show people that we can fucking do it too mm -hmm. is awesome. So, yeah. yeah. Um, now for those who might not be following you, where can they find you up on social media? And then if you have upcoming shows, please let the listeners know. Yeah. So I created an Instagram and a Twitter finally, like <laughs> five or six months ago. Um, so I do have those now. So, um, as you can see down there, um, you can find me on Twitter at, at Katrina Creed, um, on Instagram, I'm cat.creed because someone's called Katrina Creed or took it. Um, I don't know what the hell they're doing, but there's <laughs> no way that's an actual name. I don't believe it. Um, but yeah, so you can find me uh, on social media that way. Um, gosh, yeah, I think for the next like month or so, I'm booked almost every weekend. Uh, so gosh, what date are we? Okay, yeah, so next week, uh, next weekend on Saturday, I'll be wrestling at BCW uh, at a spot show. Uh, the week after that, it's IWS already um, yeah. on August 5th. So I will be there as well. Uh, I'm taking actually a bit of a break the week after. And then um, on August, uh, I believe it's 17th. No, sorry, it's 18th, 19th, and 20th. I'll be in Toronto uh, for a Fed called uh, CCW. So I'll be out there. So that's kind nice. of what I'm doing for the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, so that's where you could find me for now. Perfect. It's not on YouTube. But yeah, <laughs> Katrina, thank you so much for joining me. I truly appreciate oh, thank it. You. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much to Katrina Cree for joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Definitely check out her matches up on YouTube, shoot her a follow on social media, and definitely stay tuned. There are big things in her future you do not want to miss out. Thank you to her, and thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time. I will always say it. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. If it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter at Grainmaker Pod. Uh, all other social media is Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Um, you can find me weekly up on Love Wrestling doing four exposure with my good friend Plugo as we take a look at the world of independent wrestling. And you can usually find me doing the brunch gimmick as well. And I should also plug the Love Wrestling Patreon where you can, you can find the video interviews of this behind the Patreon paywall just in case you want to, you know, visualize this instead of just listening. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.